Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back into the Above the Rim podcast. It is great to have you in today. I am Tyler, of course, and it is Tuesday, August 25th. I have a great show planned out for you guys today. We're going to get into tonight's games. I'm going to look ahead and predict both of those. We've got two game fives tonight. First between the Jazz and the Nuggets and the second between the Clippers and the Mavericks. Both series have turned out quite differently from what I've expected. So I'll tell you what I think happens tonight. I will also look ahead to the Celtics and Raptors who will start their conference semifinal series on Thursday. And of course, I will get into the NBA action last night. It was Kobe Day and the Lakers showed out just dominating the trailblazers i'll give you my thoughts on that as well as the rockets losing and the thunder making this a competitive series all of a sudden we're gonna get into all that and much more on this episode of above the rim so let's get it started And with that, let's get started and look ahead at the first game five we got going tonight. Of course, that'll be the Jazz and the Nuggets. The Jazz, surprisingly, to my surprise anyway, lead the series 3-1. And I got to say from the start here, I overestimated the Nuggets. And that's not because they don't have talent. Clearly, they have talent all over the place. But I overestimated them because they do not play a single lick of defense. Not one lick of defense do they play. I'm looking at the numbers here. In this series, the Jazz offensive rating has been 135.0. I mean, that is utterly ridiculous. That is ridiculously good And how the Nuggets can give that up to the Jazz, who, if I can remind you, are not even a great offensive team to begin with. You think of Jazz, you think of Rudy Gobert and the defensive side of the ball. You don't think about the offense, but this offense has been torching the Nuggets, and it just goes back to my big gripe with the Nuggets, which is Mike Malone. I do not know how much I trust him. I do not know how much I really like him because Mitchell's been lighting it up. I'm looking at his numbers right now. Through this series, Donovan Mitchell has averaged 39.5 points per game on 56% shooting from the field and 51% shooting from three. Look, Donovan Mitchell's a great player. He's a good player. He's a great player. You can put him in a superstar category if you want. He's definitely a star, and he has the numbers to match it. But he is not good enough to be killing you like this if you are Mike Malone. When on the other side of the ball, your team, I can make a great argument, has a lot more talent. Mike Malone's got to draw up some defenses. I do not see this team trap Mitchell a lot. I think they've got to get the ball out of his hands. And it's time to make someone else beat you. How Mitchell's averaging 39.5 is just beyond me. you got to make guys like Joe Ingles and guys like Jordan Clarkson beat you. And I contended right from the very start when the Nuggets lost that game to the last game that Conley missed. I knew they were in trouble. That was a chance for them to take a 2-0 series lead on Utah and really put a nice lead on there for when Conley came back. They'd still have a nice little they, they can afford to lose a game or two. Well, now you lost that game without Conley. And now you find yourself in the 3-1 hole because since the Jazz have got Conley back, Conley's been playing well and the Jazz have been playing well. So they've rattled off three straight here. And the Nuggets, like I've said, they just they missed a golden opportunity losing that game too. And I don't know if they're going to be able to rebound. I'm looking at Jamal Murray and Jokic. They've had a good series, of course. Jamal Murray's averaging 28 a game on 6.5 assists per game on 52% shooting from the field and 52% shooting from three, which is actually astonishingly good. 
And then you look at Jokic, 25.3 points per game. He's sitting at around eight rebounds a game and five assists a game. Only off a 49% field goal or 49% from the field, though, and only 40% from the three. So he's got a – well, actually, 40% is actually a pretty good number. And that's what I mean when I say about this Nuggets team. It is really this defense that is keeping them from winning this series. I think they're the better team. But the defense has just not showed up. And you look at those numbers from your stars. I mean, they're putting up numbers. They really are. The problem is, is the Jazz offense is just killing you. And they've got to find a way. Mike Malone's got to find a way to get this thing under control with the defense. Tonight, I'm hanging tough with the Nuggets. But I am. that's only because I picked them to win the series. I'm kind of losing faith in them, honestly. I do not feel good about my pick tonight. But... I will take the Nuggets to make this a series at least. I think they'll play with some pride, and I'm hoping that Mike Malone finally does enough to stop Donovan Mitchell. I'll take the Nuggets in a close one, 120-115 to tonight to make the series 3-2 and force a game six. Now there is another team playing tonight in whom's defense I have also not been very impressed, and that would be the Los Angeles Clippers. You've heard me talk about it for everything everyone says about this defense. They're the second coming of the Bulls. They're the second coming of Michael and Scottie Pippen. I have not seen it in this first-round series, and I have yet to see it. And really, we had yet to see it even in the regular season at times. But people kept saying, hey, this team's really going to turn it on. They're really going to click. Just wait for the playoffs. They're a playoff team. They're really going to click in the playoffs. They're going to turn it on. They're going to turn it on. That's all I've heard all season. Well, now we're in the playoffs. And I don't know. The electricity must be out or something because the Clippers have not turned it on one bit, not even on the defensive end, which is really something that should be easy to them. I just I'm I'm in utter shock that they've struggled this much versus the Mavs. I had the Clippers winning this series in 5. I thought they would handle the Mavericks fairly easily. But Luka Doncic has showed up big. I mean, he is balling. He might even be better than I even thought he was and I thought he was great. He is on route to being one of the all-time greats and he earned his nickname over the weekend, Luka Legend. He earned it with that shot in overtime to tie the series at two. No Kristaps Porzingis. That's got to be the most devastating thing for the Clippers is no Kristaps Porzingis and you give up a last-second shot. First of all, if the Clippers are as good as everyone says they are, I do not understand how the Mavs are even in that game going into an overtime without Kristaps Porzingis. It makes no sense to me, and why nobody wants to bring it up I think is just crazy. I think the Clippers have some real problems, and they when you play when you only play, excuse me, 15 full games with your lineups, you're going to have problems, and that's what it looks like. They have chemistry issues. You see it on the defensive end with miscommunications. I mean, Luke is doing whatever he wants on defense, and you can attribute some of that to no Patrick Beverly. I know they would be putting him on there, and I know Patrick Beverly is a defensive stopper, but also you got to think this calf injury's held him out a few games now. It was hurt before this series. How much of a lingering issue is this going to be for Pat Bev? And if it is a lingering issue, what does that mean for the Clippers? Because I kind of think he is kind of the little engine that runs this team. He gives them that little attitude, which is what they definitely need. And what's their, that's really what they're lacking. I mean, Kawhi's been sensational in the series so far. So I can't take anything away from him. But the rest of this Clippers team, I just haven't been that impressed with. And I'm looking at 
Paul George especially. I'm looking at Paul George here. Let's look at his averages for this series. He's averaging 15 points in this series. And his average field goal percentage is 29. His three-point percentage is 22. I mean, I know I sound like a broken record here, but at some point, if the Clippers are going to be the team that everyone has already made them out to be, Paul George is going to have to show up in a big playoff game. Now, I do think tonight he does show up because I think Doc Rivers will get him some easy looks, but I also think that it's interesting Doc Rivers' comments earlier this week. I think it was yesterday, rather. Doc Rivers' comments about Paul George saying he just needs to shoot more. He just needs to shoot more. Basically imploring your second-best player to shoot more. That can't be a good sign if you're the Clippers or a Clipper fan because what does that mean? Is he out of confidence? Is he completely shot? Is Doc Rivers seeing something in practice where he doesn't even look the same? I mean, that's got to be concerning if you are a Clipper fan. The fact that Doc Rivers would even say that and utter it that many times just shows you that they maybe do have some waning confidence in Paul George. And if you look at Kawhi Leonard on the sideline or on the bench, some of these times he looks like he has some waning confidence in Paul George. And I'm looking at Kawhi Leonard's numbers here. He really needs his wingman to step up. Kawhi Leonard's averaging 33 points a game, 10 rebounds and five assists. And he's doing it off 50% from the field, only 26% from the three. So he's got to get that up. But Paul George is doing what he's can. He's been spectacular. What he really needs is Paul George to come in and help him. And what the Clippers really need is to really play some better defense because the defense has been outrageous. I'm looking at the Mavericks right now. So far in this series, they have an offensive rating of 118. Now, the Clippers have the exact same offensive rating, so not much disparity there. But still, the Clippers should not be giving up a 118 offensive rating when when you've had to play the Mavericks with a game. What was it? A game? And a half, basically, without Porzingis. I mean, that rating's got to be lower. And the points per game, they're giving up 123.5 points per game. That does not sound like the elite Clippers defense that everyone's been talking about all season long. The funny thing is, though, is that might not even be the most concerning defensive stat for the Clippers in this series. The most concerning to me is they've given up 57% from the field. Dallas is shooting 57%. So that is what the LA Clippers are giving up on the defensive end as a field goal percentage. And that's not very good. That's that's almost 60% for an elite defensive team that we've heard all year is the best defensive team in basketball and can really lock you up come playoff time. I mean, they made it seem like come playoff time, nobody's going to be able to score. But now everyone's got excuses for the Clippers like, oh, well, the Mavericks are good. Just stop. A game and a half without Porzingis, and this series is tied at two. There is no way, no how, if I told you that to start this series, you would think we'd be tied at two. I thought this was going to be a gentleman sweep. I thought it was going to be 4-1 Clippers. Now it's 2-2 in a game and a half without Porzingis. I'm going to keep saying it because that is huge. The second best player. I mean, that's the second best player, and the Clippers have struggled this much. So... I mean, I just think it's funny that the narrative that we play with the Clippers, and I'm looking at Luka Doncic right now. He's been incredible. He is earning the Luka legend nickname. And you look at all-time greats. Where do they earn their names? They earn them in the playoffs. That's exactly what Luka's doing, averaging 31.5 points. And he's at he's at 51% from the field and 37% from the three. So he was 31% from the three-point line during the regular season. He's up that to 37 in the playoffs. His free throw percentage has got to go up, though, 69%. I mean, that's you can't live with that there. But the minutes per game, 35 minutes. He's scoring 31.5 points in 35 minutes with nine assists and 10 rebounds. That's ridiculous. 
That's ridiculous. And tonight, I fully expect that Kawhi Leonard will be guarding Luka Doncic for much of the evening. I don't think they're going to do much switching. I I had a big gripe with Kawhi Leonard switching on that last play of overtime with Reggie Jackson. I don't know what he was doing. If I'm Kawhi Leonard, if I'm that guy, if I'm the best defensive player in the league, I'm taking that assignment. I'm not switching. I'm fighting over the screen. I think tonight he will do that. I think he'll fight over some screens, and I think he'll take Luka from the tip. I really do. I think we'll see Kawhi Leonard on Luka a lot tonight, but that might take a little bit out of his offensive game. Obviously, he's been spectacular. I think he'll be great tonight. I'm just saying it could take a little out of his offensive game. So look for Doc Rivers and Kawhi, which he has been doing also, to try to get Paul George involved. I'm looking at Paul George's last three games. Game two, he goes four for 17, 14 points in 32 minutes. Game three, he goes three for 16 in 38 minutes for 11 points. And then in game four, he goes three for 14 for nine points in 45 minutes. Clearly, I mean, it's obvious it's not going to get the job done. Um, it's, it's just not. I expect him to get out of it. I don't expect him to slump all the time, but I do think that Paul George is good for a disappearing act at least two to three times every series, which is why I think the Lakers should be the favorites because I think you got to pay attention to that. It's something to look at. It's something to pay attention to. But I expect the Clippers to come out here and get the win. No Kristaps Porzingis tonight again with a sore knee. That's obviously disappointing if you're a basketball fan because this series has been great. Obviously, it would be even more great if Porzingis would play. He's not going to, though. I expect the Clippers to win this one by double digits. I think the Clippers win this one pretty easily here. I got the Clippers going 124 to 108, actually. I think the Clippers defense does show up. Kawhi takes Luka most of the game. Luka will still get his. He's he's too good not to. But the Clippers need to start turning it around here. And the reason why is Kawhi Leonard needs rest. Look, everyone knows him as being the load managing king. Well, you're playing every other day in these bubble playoffs. And the only rest that you get, the only time you're not playing every other day is if you close out your series early. If you go seven, you're going to continue playing every other day. And I don't know how long he can match that because his body, quite frankly, just isn't quite used to that workload because he doesn't ever push his body to those limits. So be interesting to see. I think they need to get this win. I think they need to get Kawhi and Pat Bev and everyone some rest. I think it's time for the Clippers to turn it on if they can. I think tonight they win big here, 124 to 108. So watch out for that. All right, now that we've previewed tonight's action, let's go ahead and take a look back at last night's action, of course, it was Mamba night. We will get to the Lakers a little bit later. But first, I want to talk about the Thunder. They defeat the Rockets 117-114 to to even the series up at 2. So they make it a series, of course. Rockets started out with that 2-0 lead. They were hitting threes like gangbusters. They were blowing a Thunder out. Everyone got worried. If you remember... I picked the Thunder to win this in six games. I don't know if it's going to be six. I think this is going to go seven for sure. And I'm not even real sure the Thunder are going to win. It all really rests upon Russell Westbrook. And that's the big thing here. Where is his status? How is his quad? I think there's a great chance that he plays in game five just because it feels like that's the right time for him to come back. The Rockets obviously need him. They're struggling. And I'm looking at the Rockets. This whole game, I mean, they didn't really struggle. It's just... They need Russell Westbrook to be the engine of that team. James Harden looks exhausted. He's playing 40 minutes a night. You, you just, I mean, James Harden can't do this. We've seen it over and over again playing this much. He tends to wear down, so he needs his Brody Russell Westbrook back in there. But I'm looking at this game stats of last night. The Rockets still hit 23 threes. I mean, you're still looking at over 60 points right there, and they were 39% from the three. I mean, that's pretty good when you all things considered. They were 23 of 58. They took 58. 58. I mean, that's 
That's what the Rockets do. That's why I always say when they win, it's going to look real good because it's going to look like a blowout because that means they're hitting their threes. But when they lose, it's not going to look so good like it did against the Thunder these last two games. The Thunder from the three-point line last game, 11 of 32, only 34%. Not as quite as many threes, but at least half there. Where the Rockets really lost this game was at the free-throw line. They only got to the line 10 times. I mean, for James Harden, that's unacceptable. He usually does 10 times in a game. And the Thunder got to the line 28 times and hit 22 of them. So they gained 13 points at the free throw line. And anytime a team shoots 18 more free throws, they put themselves in a great position to win, which is what the Thunder did last night. And Chris Paul, I got to say, he didn't look so great in games one and two. He's definitely turned it around three and four. He's got it going. He had 26, three and six in game four. So he's getting it going. James Harden, he he hasn't disappeared. I mean, he's still playing good. 32, 15 and eight in game four, 11 of 25. And then in game three, he had 38, eight and seven off of 12 of 27 field goals. So, I mean, James Harden hasn't disappeared. I just think the Rockets don't have enough without Russell Westbrook. When you go small ball like that, it's like the Rockets, they don't have real knock down three-point shooters, someone where every time they shoot the ball, you go, man, that's automatic, you know? It's either they're on or they're off. That's how it is most nights. So I think they need Russell Westbrook. He gives them some easier looks at the basket, and he gives James Harden some much-needed rest. And I think having him with an Eric Gordon out there really helps the Rockets too. So game five, I'm going to be paying attention. Everyone's going to be paying attention. That'd be a great time for Westbrook to come back. He was chirping with his old teammate Adams after last game or during the game last game from the sideline. They were chirping at each other, so... This would be about a good time for the Rockets to bring Russell Westbrook back. And I know a lot of people would be like, well, you can't panic. But, you know, in a 2-2 series without your second best player, I think it's just best to get him out there if he is ready. And I think it's been enough time. I mean, I've watched him throw down some dunks. And I know Westbrook. I know his temperament. He's going to want to get out there. My gut feeling says he gives it a go game five. And I think the Rockets need him to. If he doesn't give it a go in game five, I don't think the Rockets are winning this series. But if he does... I give them a great shot to win this series for sure. So I guess we'll just wait and see what happens on that front. And as I mentioned before, last night, of course, was Mamba night. The Lakers broke out their black Mamba jerseys, which was beautiful to see. I got to say, I got to get me one of those jerseys. Those were clean. Those were real nice. And I really enjoyed that of that part of that game for sure. And I got to say, I really wish the Lakers could wear those jerseys every game because I thought they came out with their heads on fire. I have not seen them look that inspired in a long time. Not at all really in the bubble. They came to play last night. They knew they were the better team. And they came to attack Portland, which is what they did. I mean, the defense was incredible. The intensity of the defense was incredible. And Anthony Davis was phenomenal to start that game. In the first half, Anthony Davis, I texted my stepdad. I said, I think I think the spirit of Kobe Bryant's with Anthony Davis tonight because that first half, he just dominated the D on the defensive end, especially when Anthony Davis plays defense like that. It is hard for you to say anybody's going to beat the Lakers. Yeah, anybody's going to beat the Lakers. Sorry, I had the Clippers in my mind there because that's the team everyone comes up with. But the reality of the situation is the Clippers ain't got nobody that can match up with Anthony Davis. When Anthony Davis decides to be that guy like he was in the first half last night, you just kiss it good night because the Clippers don't have any answers and neither do the trailblazers and you saw it all night there in the first half anthony davis was phenomenal 
And, you know, when that score hit 24 to 8 Lakers, you knew I felt the same way as LeBron. I even told my lady that's a sign there. The Mamba is with them in spirit here tonight. And I felt like the Lakers played like that all night long. They really came out with a point to prove. And LeBron James, the last two games, don't look now, but we have seen playoff LeBron activate. He's being aggressive. Game three, he had 38, 8, and 12. That's just a vintage LeBron playoff performance. I mean, if you watched him ever go against the Warriors, that was like a nightly thing for him. And then he goes for 30, 10, and 6 last night in just 28 minutes. So LeBron James is heating up. That's good news for the Lakers. That's bad news for the rest of the NBA, let me tell you. And when LeBron James heats up, it is the greatest show in sports, in my opinion. The Lakers are really starting to look like the team they were in the regular season. I know a lot of people worry in the bubble. I even had my little concerns there for a minute. But they're really starting to ramp it up, and they're really starting to look like the team that they were in the regular season, which was the best team in the West and arguably the best team in the NBA. I mean, they were neck and neck with Milwaukee for that right there. So I just also... Damian Lillard, breaking news for those of you guys that don't know, he did sprain his knee. He will be out game five. So obviously look for the Lakers to finish it off in five. I thought this was going to be a tough six-game series for the Lakers, but they've definitely surprised me, and I've been impressed with how they've played after this, after game one. They've played real well, and I've thought they've dominated Portland really all the way through here besides that game one. So game five, no Damian Lillard. I mean, I look for the Lakers to win that, end this series get a little few days rest before starting their their next round, which will probably be against the Rockets, depending if Westbrook comes back game five. Could be the Thunder if he doesn't. Either, either way, I expect the Lakers to get the win and move on. You saw it last night, the Trailblazers getting real frustrated. You can say what you want about the officiating, but really that last night was just the Trailblazers realizing the Lakers were just the better team and there's nothing that they could do. A lot of frustration boiled over for the Blazers all night long. It was kind of ugly to watch, but it is what it is. Lakers get this done in five, in my opinion, when they play on Wednesday. And with that, the East has two second-round matchups already formed. One of them tips off on Thursday night, and that one is the Celtics and the Raptors. Of course, I think this will be a great series and you know how I feel about Tatum. I still think he is a rising star, and I need him to show me. I know what you're saying. He had a great first round there. Yes, he did. Multiple 30-point games. He did have one game three with only 15 points, but they still got the W, so that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to nitpick. But this is the series for me that I need to see Jason Tatum show up. This is the one he needs to show up, and I need to say, all right, he is a star. S-T-A-R. I'm not going to go as far as a super. I think that's going to take of him a few more years, and I think really only a few people in the NBA deserve that type of recognition being a superstar. Jason Tatum is not one of them, but right now I still think he is a rising star. I don't even think he has arrived as a star. I know he's an all-star, but just being an all-star to me does not make you a star. There's a lot of all-stars. What I'm looking for is in this series against the seasoned Raptors, against the defending champions, what does Jason Tatum do? If he does what he did in that first round to the Raptors, 
Well, then you got me. He is a star and he has arrived, but I'm waiting to see it. And I want to see it versus the Raptors. And one thing about the Celtics that doesn't get enough recognition is Jason Tatum's teammate. Jalen Brown has been very impressive to me in this bubble. I mean, he every time he shoots the three, I'm thinking it's going in. And he's just really improved overall as a player. And of course, on the defensive end, he's great as well. So Jalen Brown, I think, has impressed me, maybe even a little more than Jason Tatum in the bubble, but that's just me. And when I look at this series, one thing that comes to mind here as I preview this that could be a problem for the Raptors is their lack of size. I mean, not the Raptors, the Celtics, is their lack of size. That concerns me because you look at the Raptors, they got some guys inside that can bang and that can get physical, and that's Marcus and Serge Ibaka. And you look at the Celtics, I mean, they got Daniel Theis. I mean, I mean, he's an okay player. And you got Ennis Cantor who can get pushed around at times, especially when he's playing defense. And you already know the Raptors' play style. They're going to play the Celtics physical and that seems to bug a lot of smaller teams so I want to see how that matchup kind of plays out now I do think this is going to be a long series I do think it goes six or seven games but I'll take the Raptors you know me I had them going to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks. I have seen no reason to change my prediction on that even though the Celtics have looked good Brad Stevens obviously a great coach Nick Nurse though great coach as well just one coach of the year for this year I just think the Raptors win this one and I'll say this goes I'll say this goes, oh, I was like, I want to say seven, but I'm just not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm there yet. I just, the Raptors have looked so good in this bubble. I go Raptors in six. I think Raptors get this thing done in six, a nice four two there. I just believe in the Raptors. I believe in their system. I believe in their culture that they've built there, even without Kawhi Leonard. And I believe that their defense is one of the best in the league. So I'll take this, I'll take them in this series for sure in a close six games. I do think it's going to be a tough series. I don't think there's going to be really any blowouts, you know, no easy wins. It's going to be physical. It's going to be tough. But like I said, I'll take the Raptors in six. And that one gets underway Thursday night. That'll actually be the first second round series to start. So definitely excited for that. And that is where we will go ahead and stop this episode of the Above the Rim podcast. It is Tuesday, August 25th. As always, thank you for listening and go ahead and join in on the conversation. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and give it a follow on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, thank you for listening and we will see you next time.